0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Watchful Nights Week in Review. My name is Ishiv, or at The Watchful Night on Instagram, or just Watchful Night on Letterboxd. I'm going to go through the movies that I watched this past week. Not a lot of them, but hopefully you'll get a little more color than my reviews, and followed by a movie to keep on your radar, and then five movies to watch when. Remember to keep letting me know what you're liking, not liking, so I can improve the next episodes okay so to start off we i sorry we (laughs) um i watched you guys were there in spirit i watched a bit more of silicon valley it's it's still very good um really enjoy how current it is without feeling like the glass onion sort of thing where they're just like putting stuff in there because this is actually relevant to the context but yeah i'm enjoying it um didn't watch any more of Twin Peaks, I know you season four part one is out. not too keen on that, but you know that I feel like that movie's gonna that movie that show is gonna suck me back in, regardless if I'm think it's good or not so so we'll see how that turns out, and I'll report back later. okay, so I started the week off um on Saturday night. I watched a big boy, like one of the best movies that I know that I have seen, not one of my favorites, but it's definitely one of the best movies that I have seen, and it's Lawrence of Arabia. Um, This was released in 1962. It's directed by David Lean. It stars Peter O'Toole, Alec Guinness, and Anthony Quinn. And it tells the true story of this man named T.E. Lawrence, um, who united the warring Bedouin tribes during World War One to, to fight against the Turks and, and ha- actually hold some sort of formidable ground. And this received an 8.4 out of 10. So what I liked about this movie, pretty much everything, there's like not a single main flaw with this movie that I can point out, other than the fact that there is only one Egyptian dude, the rest of the people, are white guys um and there's absolutely no women in this movie i think there's a scene where there is a few of them but they don't say words and that's like something that's so obvious like it's not the type of old movie where you look past that sort of thing it's just like really not there but everything else about the movie was great um the cinematography was awesome. The music was obviously really great. The acting, the performances were great. Um, it's just like so overwhelming and so much movie. Like it's it's like the most movie of movies that I have seen beyond um, 2001 that it's just such a great experience um, when you're watching it because you really feel like that, yes, this is what a movie can do. This is what a movie should be like. Um, but there are three things that I really liked about it. So the first thing is that it, it's obviously it's this huge epic and it's massive and it's overwhelming, but it's also it's so personal and it's it is a character portrait. This movie is more of a character portrait than. Um, most other regular movies, and for an epic, obviously, it's very more on that side. Um, It's really about this inner turmoil that Lawrence faces and how best he can resolve that for himself, for the English, for the Turks, for the British. I said for the English already. Um, So I really, really appreciated how this movie can be so big, yet so intimate as well, which I haven't seen before. Um, Yes, this movie's long. It's nearly four hours. But the length is really not an issue because something is is always going on. There's something always to be interested in, both in terms of the actual story and how it's playing out, but also because of the filmmaking, which is really nice. And yeah, the music was great. The cinematography was really good. Those are like the two standout technical things Um, that I think back on. it, I really liked the editing as well. Um, and then w- the other thing that I was scared about going into this movie is that the Arabs will be just portrayed as these, like, faceless people who didn't have any agency, and, you know, it's, like, about a white savior. And they they did. They did not have do that, even though they were portrayed by white guys. The original Obi-Wan Kenobi was this, like, major Arab prince, um, which was really interesting. Um, but, yeah, they they made them full developed people, people who knew what they were doing, were knowledgeable, were not uneducated or barbaric in any way, and responding to this. And what I really liked about this movie is how self-aware it was that this movie is literally just about a white guy saving, well, you know, in quotations, saving um, these Arabic, uh, these Arab people. But this movie is very aware of that fact. And that's one of the things that lawrence goes through and that he has to acknowledge and thing that he both enjoys about his status and things that he really repulses him about his own self so that was really really awesome okay so the amount of good stuff that i'm saying what i didn't like about this movie it is not one of my favorites because well not yet i think i have i'm so excited to rewatch this and i know i have to just because it's Lawrence of Arabia and it, it deserves to be rewatched again, regardless of how you like it or not. But as much as I was taken aback of how monumental this movie was and the more and more I found Lawrence very interesting as a character, he's just not someone you can completely get on board with. And and I don't mean in terms of what he's doing and saying and what he feeling. Like, that is all there. That's all fine. But it's not someone you are that you would like to be by his side the whole movie. There's something about that, that. There's like somewhat of a disconnect there for me. And the the easiest comparison that I can make to it is if you have seen Mank, the 2020 David Fincher film, to a much uh, higher degree, obviously. Mank is a, definitely a movie, and definitely a character you can't relate to, but he's very interesting, and I would love to spend more time learning about him through the movie but you don't necessarily enjoy spending time with him himself um so that's kind of the way i felt about lawrence and i think that was the main issue um is that as much as i enjoyed watching what they were doing with lawrence as a character the more and more i was hoping that we were gonna that lawrence was gonna um interact with some other people um So, yeah, would I recommend it? Of course I would. You know, just watch it because it is Lawrence Arabia, it influenced so many things that you've seen, so many filmmakers today. And, you know, the more and more I've sat with it, the more and more it's gone better with just me thinking about it. Like, I haven't stopped thinking about this movie ever since I watched it. And I do need to rewatch it, and I have a strong feeling it will become one of my favorites after I rewatch it. Um but there's some there's like a missing link right now that I can't entirely say that it is one of my favorites now. Um but I can positively say that it is one of the best movies I have seen. So yes, I would definitely recommend it. Okay, then on Thursday night, we wa- um, we oh my god, assuming you guys are all here watching this with me, I watched Gangs of New York, um released in 2002 directed by Martin Scorsese stars leo leonardo dicaprio i wrote leonard dicaprio um daniel de lewis ken cameron diaz and john c reilly and Brendan gleason are in there too um and in the 1800s this story revolves um it takes place in the 1800s in new york there's this guy named amsterdam that's leo's character who returns to this area um to get revenge on his father's killer bill the butcher that's how the movie opens is his father dying at the hands of bill the butcher and this received a 5.9 out of 10 I, i have very mixed feelings about this movie so what i liked about this movie is that it's consistently entertaining this movie is two hours and 45 minutes long and you do not feel that length i i was engrossed In everything that was going on, um, partly because it's just so chaotic, which is also partly a bad thing when I get to the stuff I didn't like. Um, But it did keep a good pace. Um, The story is quite simple. Like you can predict the ending the moment it begins, Um, and you can predict how the story is going to develop. But setting it against the backdrop of, you know, religious feuds and social issues, and in the midst of the civil war it made the story a lot more interesting um which is great uh some of the music choices were nice i think whenever it cut it back whenever it cut back to the original score and the original theme by harwood shore um that really worked for me and then some of them were just <laughs> like made you roll your eyes but we'll get to that sorry about that and you know there there's no way you can't mention this but no daniel de lewis of course he was awesome it's so much fun to watch him so much fun like he has so much uh he commands the screen every time and he plays these such um enigmatic characters it's so great it's the type of performance that'll make you chuckle because he has this like the he has these odd mannerisms but it'll also make you chuckle because you are acknowledging how great he is um, you know, you ever have that where you just like laugh at something because it's so good? Um, I don't know if you don't if you don't have that, that's fine. Um, and then Cameron Diaz and John C. Riley were were good too. I think John C. Riley in particular really nailed the Irish accent, um, which you know Leo did not, and Cameron Diaz half did. Um, but yeah, Cameron Diaz was quite good in this movie too. Okay, so what I didn't like about this, and it really just comes down to the style i did not like this thing at all it actively annoyed me sometimes with how stylistically inconsistent it was so the only thing that really worked properly was the production design but everything else this from the cinematography to the oh my god the editing the editing is so bipolar like it wants to be one thing at certain times and another at other times the first action scene is one of the worst edited things i have seen like, it's it just puts a really big damper on the rest of the movie. It's so bad. Um, and it's just because, like, they can't decide on certain technical elements on where they should go. Should they have it more um, understated and pulled back where the camera doesn't move as much? Or they, they want to make it frantic and make it, you know, like a weird Zack Snyder-Michael Bay hybrid action movie? It's just very, very strange. Um, and so, one of all those things are conflicting with each other. It doesn't necessarily hinder your enjoyment, but it's just it, it makes it very clear that there was something wrong. And then Leo's performance is—it's kind of stale. It is not that great. Um, it's not—it's not bad, um, but it's just not. It's not le- It's not what you accept with uh, expect with Leo. But. Would I recommend it, of course, I would. I thought this movie was very entertaining and it's very accessible to anyone. You can watch it with your family, um even though it is kind of gets violent, but there's like nothing else in this movie that's kind of weird, so it's very accessible that you can watch with a group of friends um so yeah on if with anything else, just watch it for daniel day Lewis like I was looking forward to every other time he would come on screen um just because he's so magnetic so. Yeah. Okay, and then immediately after fall immediately following that movie I watched The Peanut Butter Falcon, released in 2019, directed by Tyler Nelson and Michael Schwartz. It stars Shia LaBeouf, Dakota Johnson and Zach Gottsigan, And this received a well, let me tell you what it's about first. Um Zach who suffers from down syndrome runs away from his care home to become a wrestler and runs into tyler who is shia labeouf who is also on the run Um, and they formed this really nice bond and this received a 6.5 out of 10. you know 2019 was just like a good year for movies um the more and more we you think about it like you know people say 1999 um 1967 1994 those are like historically really good movies and no one has really found a year in the 21st century um, even though 2007 and 2014 and 2017 for that matter come kind of close but I think 2019 takes the cake right now um, regardless so what I liked about this movie is that it's it's very sweet very comforting um it's like the type of movie that reinstills your faith in people um just because these characters are so likable there's nothing wrong with them you would love to spend hours with them and hope that they meet you someday because they're great Um, it takes place in the south and something about this way the movie was filmed the music um it's very inviting um it's the type of it's the type of setting that really envelops the story quite nicely And the dialogue was pretty good there's some genuinely funny moments in there um which is nice so you're wondering why is it a 6.5 if this movie is doing nothing new there's literally nothing new about this movie and as i was watching it i was i was glad because it's very nice and very sweet and very cute but there was i was in my head, I was like, "This is there's nothing new this movie's offering to me," and this is not a huge problem, especially if you're just looking for a movie to watch, just generally. But I have a feeling this movie is gonna wash away in my memory very soon. Um, actually, now that I think of it, it's actually the perfect movie to watch on the plane. It's not very long, um, but you can it's it's just the most movie in the story you can get behind, um, even though you don't know anything about it. Um, and then there's so there are two things narratively that don't make sense. There are flashbacks that uh, reveal certain things about Tyler's past that really don't pan out to anything. We also don't get like the full explanation, which I guess to a certain degree might work, but it just doesn't. It does. It feels like something they added to increase the runtime and make it more deep um, when it didn't really need it. And the whole ending. The, the climax of this movie it, it, it's fine but it just didn't work because it just creates drama for no reason like they lead you thinking this one really major thing and they just like switch it for some reason at the end and then like oh no okay everything's fine you know um which is i don't know it felt cheap to some degree um so yeah beyond it just not doing anything new, I feel like it would have gotten a higher rating, but because it had these two other issues, it it got knocked off more. But, (laughs) guys, wouldn't you know it, I would still recommend this movie. It's a nice little movie that doesn't take too much out of your time, too much of your time, because it's only 97 minutes, so it's an hour and a half, and it's very sweet and cute. Like, it's nice. It's a good movie to watch with your family. Okay, then I watched one of the movies that I've been looking forward to watch for so long, and I, I don't know why I haven't seen it yet, um, but it's Chinatown, uh, released in 1974, directed by one of the worst human beings ever, Roman Polanski, starring Jack Nicholson, Faye Dunaway, and John Huston. Um, Jack Nicholson plays this private detective who was hired to expose an adulterer, And when he investigates further, he gets caught up in a web of lies, corruption, and murder. And this received a 7.0 out of 10, much lower than I thought it would. Okay, so what I liked about this movie. There's a lot of things to like. The screenplay is widely regarded as one of the best ever and it completely makes sense why the story develops very cleanly this dialogue is very snappy and the way it reveals certain information and when it holds back it's it's really well done that in that regard um the performances obviously are great jack nicholson is also like the man he's also so fun to watch and always makes a movie entertaining faye dunaway is good um could be better but she's still good and then the supporting cast is is quite good too um also and then the main thing is that the filmmaking of this movie is so rich like everything from the production design to the cinematography to the editing and the costumes that are so snazzy like i would want to rock that look um everything is so well done and so and makes you feel like you have to analyze every single shot because there's so much that's going behind it There's this one shot when um, Jack Nicholson is talking to Faye Dunway from the outside of a car and you see her reflection. It's not like one of those, you know, general shots we've seen, but it's like faded and she becomes more clear as he walks away. It's just, you know, things that make movies elevated to that next level. So everything about that was great. Now, what I didn't like about this movie... Is the plot just really didn't engage me? In a movie when it's kind of all plot, that's kind of sad. So there are some developments that you whole, like I wholeheartedly expected. Like I'm not, I saw so many things coming that were designed not to be seen coming, and something that you would want to pick up the clues afterwards. But they just make things so. Obvious, and then there's some developments that are unexpected. Yes, but they feel so out of place. There, it's just like this is not natural for the story that I'm watching or the tone of the film. It's just it. It becomes very, very weird. Um, for no reason, I think. And the end reveal, the ending did like the actual last two, three minutes of this movie are, are very good, and then close everything out nicely. But the end reveal just felt a bit off. Like, there's a certain detail about the end. Um, Once you get halfway to the movie and you meet a certain character, you immediately know how it's going to end also. So that part wasn't that, um, you know, shocking. But there is, like, one other twist in there that reveals a certain detail about a character we've been tracking. And it's it's just kind of weird. Like, I don't understand why that has to be an element to the story I don't know I don't get what that purpose is what the purpose is that of that is wow that was not good English I don't get the reason why that thing is there um and it really I mean this may spoil it but no I don't think it does um it really makes it hard to separate the art from the artist (laughs) um especially with that final detail um you just like read things differently um just sucks but you know he's a bad person so what i recommended yes i mean i would still recommend this movie it's a very cool and a snazzy movie to watch and again it's one of those movies that you just have to watch because it's chinatown um that is reminiscent of the last line of the movie so yeah i know i had some like big critiques of the movie that i watched the movies that i watched this past week but i think all of them are movies i would recommend regardless, um, but very, very excited to re-watch Lawrence of Arabia um, later, because I feel like that, that's the type of movie that I will uh, fully appreciate and enjoy um, on a rewatch. Okay, so that's what I watched this past week. Now, there was no, like, 2023 movie I watched, um, there were none of these movies that were not talked about or anything, I mean, I guess the peanut butter falcon to a certain degree is kind of forgotten, but... Like, it's not also a movie to keep on your radar. Um, A movie that I chose is this movie that I felt didn't get the due credit. Um, Maybe because it's not, you know, purely amazing, but it's pretty good. It's Nine Days, released in 2020, directed by Edson Oda, starring Winston Duke. Yes, M'Baku from Black Panther. Zazie Beetz and Bill Skarsgård. So you have, you know, someone from Black Panther, someone from Joker, and... Pennywise, Um, and the plot summary, or, you know, blurb thing, is that a reclusive man conducts a series of interviews with human souls, I'm not, I'm being serious, for a chance to be born. Now, if that premise doesn't hook you already, like, then we're kind of at a fault, but that should be interesting. That's that's very, I think that's very interesting. And that's why this movie keeps you hooked throughout. You're wondering where they're going to take it. Um, it is a very meditative film. So it, it takes it more on the abstraction side than the actual like mechanics, inception side of things. Um, but it still keeps you hooked throughout the rest of the movie. And when I was writing um, my notes for this episode, the more and more the performances just came rushing back to me. Um, just because Winston Duke is so good, Zazzy Beats is so good, Bill Skarsgård is also really great. There's someone, there's someone else major in this movie. Oh yeah, Tony Hale. Tony Hale is in this and he plays, uh, yeah, he's really good in this movie too. So it's really great, it's a good movie to get you thinking philosophically if you're looking for a more meditative, contemplative film. Um, It's short, I believe. It's also kind of the perfect movie to watch on the plane because there's nothing like visually that's that stunning. Um, It's all about the ideas. So that's the movie to keep on your radar, I think, which should be talked about a bit more just because of how um, the concept is very Charlie Kaufman um, type Um, but less (laughs) self-indulgent. Okay, so five movies to watch when i decided to take the opposite of what i did last week and five movies to watch when you wake up super early for some weird reason you didn't get to sleep um and so you decide to sit down and watch a movie and you know eat breakfast with it to get your day started i've actually heard from many people who do this as a profession watch movies and review them is that that's the way that they watch films because you are inevitably going to be more attentive to them because you just woke up there's no there's no reason for you to fall asleep again assuming you slept well um so and it's just like a nice um vibe early in the morning to finish a film i don't know i've never done that uh not never but i didn't i have never done that purposefully so i'm gonna start this is the first movie that came to mind the moment i thought about this five movies to watch when, and it's fantastic mr fox released in 2009 directed by wes anderson starring george clooney it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And then I got to thinking that any Wes Anderson movie could be a good option. Um, just because something about those lends itself to early mornings. Um, but it has this really great warm color palette. You'll feel really cozy, curl up with a good blanket. Um, and a story with story and a character is that you'll find extra whimsical in the morning. Um, for sure. So that, that was the first immediate one came to mind. It's probably the one I would go with, even though I have seen it if I woke up really early in the morning. Okay, so because it is also early in the morning um, and you are more attentive, I decided to pick two movies that are sl- on the slower side um, and a bit more meditative and more on the a bit more meditative um, not more on the dramatic side but like it's they're very slow burn type movies and so the first one is actually the power of the dog released recently in 2020 directed by jane campion and stars benedict cumberbatch in what is his his best performance to date um, it's a slow burn drama that you can really bask in all of its complexity in terms of its characters its themes um, and the story in the morning um, i think it'll have a really good impact on you the type of impact this movie's supposed to have if you watch it more attentively in the morning it might leave you a feeling a bit rattled maybe but you know you have the day to wear it off like that's why i'm not recommending you watch a horror movie because that deserves to be watched at night um so yeah the power of the dog is a good one it's you know if you would have watched it when it was like 9 p.m you would have found it extremely slow i think it's pretty riveting but it's one that you can easily get on board with in the morning okay the other one is is um even easier to get on board with but i still think it's more meditative and it's the last samurai directed by edward Zwick, um starring tom cruise obviously and this was released in 2003 um it's a very calming movie that has this really great japanese um vibe to it um very zen Um, And it also has a good bit of action, so it can get your day started both peacefully and in an exciting manner with some really, really great Hans Zimmer music um, to set you up really nicely for the day. Okay, then, the last two movies. There is nothing that screams um, old Hollywood black and white films like The Early Morning does. So, my other recommendation is Brief Encounter. Um, released in 1945, directed by D- David Lean and Celia Johnson. I was initially going to say Casablanca, but I think um, Brief Encounter is better because it's, sh- it's, it's not much shorter. It's 20 minutes shorter, but it's only 80 minutes. I have talked about this movie on this podcast before, but it's a very, very nice romantic film um, that captures all the romanticism and the tra- and the tragedy behind trains and train stations about being living in this transient sort of situation where you are moving away but you can see the person as you're moving away I think all of that iconography is, works really well for the movie obviously influenced a number of Bollywood films there's there's a reason why we use trains so much regardless of the fact that it's c- culturally very important but I think this movie um, introduce them as a setting for romanticism and the tragedy behind that. Um, and it, ha- it has a, would have a really good impact, I think, early in the morning. Okay, and then the final movie, this is kind of a cop-out because I can recommend this movie at any time of the day, regardless of your situation, because I just think it's a movie everyone should watch. Um, it's Citizen Kane, released in 1941, directed by Orson Welles and stars Orson Welles himself. There's nothing I I need to say about this movie. It's it's probably, it's widely considered one of the best movies of all time. Um, So influential for so many different reasons. A movie that I was so ready to say was overhyped when I began watching it, but then I was just, it completely sold me the moment it finished because you got what everyone was raving about back in the day and even now. Um, so, and it's a movie that you can truly appreciate when you're paying attention to everything, not because it has this, like, super intricate plot or anything, because you can appreciate everything else that's going on in the frame, and you're taking it all in, and it actually works really well in the morning, um, because the ending is, uh, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of tragic, but it's, like, also some, it's, like, oddly hopeful, um, so... It'll set you up really well for the day. Alright, so this concludes this week's episode. Um, Hope you guys enjoy that. I will likely not be able to record one next week. um, But the week after that, I will be back in full force. Um, And, oh yeah, look out later this week for another interview episode. Um, So I will see you then. Goodbye.